All right, so I want to actually start off with the scripture because this scripture um, kind of was the theme of uh, my missions trip, at least. So it's, I'm going to open to Acts 3, and I'm going to read verses 1 to uh, 10 or 11, actually. No, we're just going to read from the screen. All right, so it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took, them, he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all of the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was uh, he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. And um, later... Peter uses this opportunity to preach to all these people, and they get thousands of people saved just because one person got healed, and they all knew this person, and that person got healed, so every single person there got saved. Uh, saved. They eventually got arrested as well, but they didn't care about that. So that uh, scripture, um, that passage, uh, right before I was um, going on the missions trip, I was just preparing and reading, and you know, I'm, there's a chance I'm going to have to preach in a service, so I don't want to, we get thrown up and to do random things there, so I want to be prepared just in case, you know, you, you have a schedule, and then other people has another schedule, and God has a different schedule, so you got to be prepared for all those things, so, um, and I would just like to say thank you to everyone who gave and uh, allowed me to go on this trip. It was absolutely life-changing, and and it's something that I will definitely remember for the rest of my life. Um, so starting off, I don't think I have a slide for, or a picture for this yet, but we, um, so before the missions trip, uh, I, Reverend Kirk, Kirk Dubois, uh, who's an instructor there, he has gone all around the world. He has his own ministry and takes people everywhere. He is an absolutely amazing man. He got saved in the... Um, Jesus Revolution, so he has seen things like the movie. That's that was him. He was a hippie, so um, he was he 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 was absolutely amazing guy to just pour into us. So we had um, meetings beforehand to just kind of go over because a lot of us had never been out of the country. The two thirds of us never been out of the country, so we just kind of went over things, what to bring, and we just prayed. And those times were amazing. They were good team building, even though we still didn't know each other and uh, we left on a Friday um, I believe I forgot actually so we left 7 a.m. flew from Tulsa to Atlanta and that was a quick easy flight I was like I can do this and then we went from Atlanta which is the busiest airport in the world to Johannesburg which was a 17-hour flight and that was that was that was fun you know first international flight and 17 hours but God had mercy on us, and he made it 14. And after the four, when it, when it landed, we were like, I don't know how we could have done three more hours. That was, that, was, that was a lot. But we landed. We were able to stay overnight in Johannesburg, which was absolutely beautiful and meant a lot to me because mom was born in South Africa. So I've always wanted to go there, and we got all kind of walk. We didn't walk around a ton, but the hotel was a super nice hotel. And um, it, was, it was just amazing. And we got to get sleep, which was very good. So the next day we went out and um, flew from Johannesburg to Lusaka. So Zambia, South Africa is at the bottom of Africa, and then Zimbabwe and Botswana are above South Africa, and Zambia is um, right above that. 
So it's towards the uh, towards the bottom of Africa, and uh, it's just a beautiful place. I mean, we it wasn't a cloudy day when we were um, when we were flying, so we got to see the scene, uh, the land, and it was it was just beautiful. So we rested once we got there. Um, the first thing that the guy told us, we were our, our driver knew the security guards. We had a checkpoint, and um, the first thing that the guy said is, so is the guy knew him, so he asked us, like, are you missionaries from America? And he's like, yes. And he's like, so you guys Republicans or Democrats? And we were like, we're not going to talk about that. This is not the place. But that was the welcome to Zambia. That was, that was the first thing that, that we got. Um, so we, we rested it that night, and then um, we were thrown right into it the first day. Uh, we all went out into twos and, uh, and one group of three, so there's 13 of us. And uh, we had to go to churches, Rama churches, people who graduated from Rama Zambia, and preach. So we all went out random times, and we just said hi, and then we left. And um, they picked us up. So there's two services in Rama Zambia, uh, Miracle Life Family Church, and it is huge. They have 2,000 kids there alone, and they, have, they can fit, it, like, each week. And they can fit 2,000 people in the service. So they are, like to the max um so then we went and uh, so my 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 person was late uh, i was with a lady named jennifer and uh our person was late so you can throw up the first slide all right so i gotta i oh that, i forgot that that was there well that's us so um yeah that's us when we first got there we had to shove all of our luggage in the back so that was, it was a little crammed the first time. We got, we got comfortable with each other pretty fast. Um, <laughs> next slide. There we go. That's the one I thought it was first. Um, so I was in a tent. They actually did a youth service that day. So I was in a tent um, in a suit, like 95 degrees and humid. So it was, I was water. It was just, I was just sweating <laughs> by the end of it. It was, it was. That suit. Oh, thank God for undershirts because, yeah, and um, yeah, it was it was really hot. So we were outside, and um, it was it was amazing. So I was not expecting to preach. So we uh, I had something prepared, but I was talking, and the lady that I was talking to, she was a little older. So I was like, "You preach, I will back you up," and um, I don't want to preach. So. <laughs> I'll, you guys can, I'll back you up, and, um, well, we sit down, and, um, I was, like, where dad was, and the lady was next to me. Well, they moved me to the preacher spot. I didn't know that it was the preacher spot, but they moved me, and it was a nice comfy chair. I was, like, oh, they're just giving me a nice chair. No, um, I go and talk to Jennifer, and I was, like, so, to confirm, you're preaching, or, like, you preaching, or am I preaching? She's, like, oh, no, you are. Um, you're in the spot. They told me. They didn't tell you. So you're in the spot, and you have to go up there and preach. And, like, beforehand, um, Reverend Dubois, I called him Kirk, so Mr. Dubois, he, um, <laughs> he went out, and uh, he was like, yeah, just be prepared to preach for, like, 45 minutes to an hour. I was like, that's, that's steep. Um, <laughs> that's, that's probably not going to happen. I've never... I've talked for like, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I like before that I had like six one minute videos and that was the extent of how long I've talked in front of people about God. Um, so to then jump in like 600%, it was, it was kind of tough. So I preached 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a good, powerful 30 minutes. Um, and well, when we got there, they were dancing. So we were dancing for an hour beforehand and I was out of it I was I kind of forgot what I was preaching about so I just quickly looked at my notes and then um, afterwards Jennifer she um, said her testimony and I just kind of shut it down and she wasn't expecting to have to preach so she's like here you go and um, so she she had uh, her testimony and it was very powerful it's very powerful healing testimony so then we had a healing line come up and there was about 30 people, and some of the kids just wanted to say hi, so cut that down by like 10, so it was probably about 20 people and who actually needed healing, and all of them were healed instantly, and um, like, so the fifth lady, 
this is the one that she was actually kind of talking to me. And uh, so her head hurt. And I was like, okay, so you got to kind of get them in the mode. Um, so do you believe that, because I can't do it. I, I can't heal a fly. No one, can, no one can do it. But it's God who works through us. But I can't heal you, or well, not me. God can't heal you if um, you don't, like, if you're not thinking that you can be healed. If you're just sitting there like, all right, we're going to see what's happening. And uh, just, like, show me what you got. You're not going to get healed. You might as well not even have come up. Because it takes faith on your part. So we were we went through and we kind of talked one on one with them just because we had the time, and got them saying like, okay, so do you believe? Okay, you believe that you can be healed right now? Cool. So we pray. I pray for her head, and then gone immediately. Then she's like, oh, this is cool. I have more problems. Um, my <laughs> stomach hurts. So so we pray. I pray for her stomach, and then that was healed instantly. And she's like, I got another thing. I forget what it was. I think it might have been her knees or something. I don't remember. It was a long day. So <laughs> we went out. We, and uh, that got healed as well. And then we went with other uh, people. And like I said, it was a youth event. So we went and, um, oh, then we danced for another hour. <laughs> um, I don't dance. Just so I, I can't dance to save my life. So I didn't. I stood there. Um, and they tried to pull me, and they tried to, they moved my arms, and that was me dancing. Um, so my legs did not move. So um, afterwards, we got to eat lunch, and that was amazing. And they just kept on playing music the whole time. So I couldn't hear the lady in front of me who was, and it was loud. Um, I couldn't hear the lady in front of me for half a bit. So I didn't know what she wanted. Um, so she's like, youth. I heard youth and you guys talking to them. I didn't know what we were talking about. I didn't know what she wanted. So... Finally, afterwards, I was like, so what are we doing? And she's like, I just talked to you about this for like 30 minutes. I was like, I know. So we, <laughs> we went and, um, we, talk, and uh, we went and had a two and a half hour. It was, a, oops, it was supposed to be like a short time. They're like, we don't want to bother you. We're like, we have time. So it was a two and a half hour talking, Jennifer and I just talking to the youth. And it was amazing and that's something that I've kind of wanted to do and that it was just incredible and it got deep really fast um, I mean one of the youth leaders just broke it open and I was like all right we're, we're going there and um, I don't I, I let Jennifer answer some of the questions I don't I didn't think I had the place to because some of them were a little risque so um, we were talking and they were and it was just incredible they just they were soaking everything up and just it, and it was it was amazing. And then um, we really we really did help them. And uh, then we left and uh, drove back to the church. And everyone was um, well, not everyone. There was one group that was stuck in the middle of nowhere. Their car broke down, so they had to kind of drive back. So we went to this marketplace afterwards, and that is intense. Um, if you ever go to a foreign country. And you go to a marketplace. Just be prepared that everyone's going to chase you. Not everyone. Some people will chase you because I got chased. They saw us, the bus loaded out, and they see a bunch of Americans walk out of a bus. And they dropped what they were doing and stopped talking to the native Zambians and went to us. And um, they tried to get everything from us. They're like, you guys have money. And we're like, no, we don't. So <laughs> we, we had to go. And uh, we, we, we went around and... There was a guy that kept on chasing me back and forth, and we went the next week, and I thought he forgot about me, but he didn't. Um, <laughs> he knew my name. He remembered my name. That was impressive. But um, that, that, was, that was great, though. Everyone got to buy some stuff, and we just kind of relaxed. And then afterwards, we really got to relax. And um, so then the next day, oh, I forgot that we had slides. That, there was no slides. Next picture. So this is where we stayed. Um, you can stop or pause it whenever. I stayed in like one of those places to the left, but there was a restaurant there that was just kind of like your food. So you had to buy it. Um, and we, I guess, had rented out the top floor. They had a top floor where you can just chill and eat. It's really nice. So we had kind of reserved it, but other people still joined. But we kind of had reserved it for the whole week that we were there. And um, beforehand, we had to wake up early, uh, 5.30 in the morning every day, 
um, or earlier, and we had, um, if you wanted to take a shower and stuff, um, and you had, a, you had to wake up early because there's a limited amount of hot water there, and you gotta go before, like, I had three other girls in my section. Yeah, so I had to get up early because they took hot showers, and they took long showers. And um, so there was a time where I, I just needed to sleep in, and I, I took a really cold shower. So <laughs> they, um, so we had to wake up early, and we had prayer and just kind of a group gathering at 6.30, and that was probably one of the, that's probably the, one, one of the best times, like one of my favorite times that we did. Every single morning, just we would go, and everyone's just like groggily waking up and just getting up there, and people kind of start coming. I went up at like 5.30, and there was already someone there. I'm like, why are you here? She's like, I've been up since 4. I couldn't fall asleep. There was a cockroach that was like this big. I'm like, I was like, valid. So we went, and um, so, but that time was just amazing. So he, he, we would pray, and then it just kind of opened up for whatever. So there was days that he just prayed about stuff, and then there was days that we went all around, and then it was, it was very stretching just because I'm not, I wasn't necessarily used to, like, being with people and just kind of talking about that stuff, especially people that you know. It's a lot easier to talk to a random stranger um, about it, but it was, it was amazing, and then we would sing, and it was just, it was just beautiful, and that, that place, and we would just hang out there afterwards, and that place was just amazing. It really set the time, and uh, he would, Reverend Kirk would tell us, you don't go out and pray when you're out on the street. You don't, you, that's not the time you pray. You pray beforehand and then you speak to it at that time because it says speak to the mountain. It says they will be healed. Like what Jesus, Jesus talked to, um, said go out and heal the sick. It didn't say pray. It said heal. You do the praying beforehand and then you will see miracles lined up because that's not the time to just go and say, oh my gosh, please be healed. You say, in the name of Jesus, you be healed, and you expect it. There's an expectance behind that, that they will be healed, and I don't care what it is. I don't care if that person is dead. They're going to rise up because that's what the, the power. It's not me. It's Jesus. I can't do anything. So um, so then we, that was just really powerful. And we, So the next day, we went out, and uh, we went to street ministry, and this was the most impactful day of probably my whole life. Um, we went out and uh, there's this lady who, uh, her name is Dawn, she's an American who moved out there and she has a ministry for um, mainly abused women, but so they kind of keep them and like protect them and they get them out of the homes and, um, and this kind of woman in general and it's amazing. So she took us there, and some of the ladies stayed and uh, helped them do jewelry and stuff. She kind of gives them jobs. So she helps them. She shows them how to make baskets, jewelry, so they can make money. And, it, it's, and it's amazing. So, um, well, we were in a compound, and there was 100,000 people in just a couple square miles. I mean, it is jam tight, and it is poverty. And um, so... We went out again in twos with a translator. So Rama Zambia, we don't have this in, Z in uh, Rama USA, but they go out and one of their classes is to just go to the streets and talk to people. So they, we got like six translators because, so I probably should have said this at the beginning, Zambians Zambia's national language is English because they have like 40 tribes. So to unify the country, they just made it English. And most of them can speak English, like in the city. So we were in Lusaka, the capital. You go to the marketplace, you go to the mall and stuff, you go to KFC, they can speak English. But you go out to the compound, some of them may be able to, some, some of them won't. So you do need a translator. And you go out to the middle of nowhere, which we call the bush, which we did. Um, you definitely need a translator. They're not going to pick up a lick of English. Um, so we went out, and I went out with this, uh, with this uh, one of my friends, Kalpana, and um, we went out by twos and just went and um, just started talking to people. And uh, you know, I was nervous because if anyone does something for the first time, you're nervous. But Kirk Dubois said, 
that's great. It's good to be nervous because you have to rely on God. Because if you're not nervous, sometimes you can just think, oh, I'm going to do it. But it's not you. It's God. It keeps you in the right mindset. So we were in we had never talked to anyone and so we we kind of said what they said they told us to say hey we're missionaries from america can we pray for you to just kind of open the door and um it is crazy because uh, here if you go up and talk to someone they are shutting your door they're shutting their door maybe calling the cops on you like who are you these people sat on the ground so then we could sit somewhere. And I'm like, I don't, you guys can sit on the chair. They brought out chairs. They brought out the best that they had for us to just sit there and talk to them. And uh, the first house, we had uh, three people got saved. And it was amazing. And it was a good warm up. And um, we kept on going. And we talked to these, these boys. It was just these group of teenage boys. And that was, it was amazing because uh, one of the guys I was, he 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 came out smoking and everything and and just like looking at him I was like oh so he was he read his bible all the time he just had a lot of questions about it cuz they don't have a, they don't go to church or anything but they he was like the leader and also the most christian out of every single one of them and it was amazing and they brought out a bench for us to sit on and it was so powerful and all of them got saved or that needed to be saved so it was like 10 of them that we just talked to, just sat on the street, just talking to them. And um, so it was about 10 of them that we talked to. And then that guy, he was already saved. And then, sorry, we were, and then we went and uh, they just asked us questions. Like, okay, so what, what does this mean? And he opened up the Bible and said, here, what does this scripture mean? What does this scripture mean? And I was just able to talk to them and talk to them. And it was, and it was amazing. And um, he had a phone, so we got him to download the Bible app so we can have different translations and stuff. Um, just kind of understand it better, but then um, you, it's generally safe. But we had two guys and a girl. The translator that we had was a was a guy. So I saw so one of the ladies who had went with um, the girls to like do the jewelry and stuff at the beginning. She came out with another female translator, and so I went up just to be a guy. You know, just be. And this natural and supernatural, working it together. God's going to protect you, but also use your head. So you, we just went out there, and I just helped them. I just walked with them just to be a guy there with them. And um, we ran up into this house, and there was a lady just sitting there. And we just said, hey, said our thing. And she's like, she, she couldn't walk. So she, we found out that she couldn't walk. So her legs, oh, I'm going to do this, were like this. That makes sense. So this is my wrist is included in this. So her legs were like this, and her like ankles and stuff, they were like pulling, pointing out. It was it was interesting. And someone had stole her crutches. That's the level of poverty we're talking about. Someone stole a crippled lady's crutches, so she couldn't walk. And we found out later that she was going to church consistently, and she couldn't go to church anymore because she she didn't have her crutches. She couldn't move. So. We, I, I kind of, I talked to her, and the whole time I was praying for boldness because I, I, I just knew that I needed, I needed more boldness to be able to go and talk to these people, and, um, and I just, it just felt like after the first uh, house, when we talked to the boys, it just started rising, and when I got to this lady, it was, it was there, and it was, it wasn't to the max, but after this, I was just like. Okay, here we go. So we um, went, and I prayed for her, and I was like, do you believe that you can be healed? And she's like, yes, I think that I can go around and walk. So I prayed for her, and um, another thing that Reverend Kirk said to do is have them do something. So when you're, when you're praying, this goes for everyone. So when you're prayed to be healed for, like when you pray to have healing, if you can't lift your shoulder, uh, like your arm above your shoulder, go and do it. Because that's an act of faith. So you're like, it's not that, oh, I can't do it. It's you're already healed. So if you believe that you're healed, then you believe, like, if you think that you got received the healing, well, then you're healed. You were healed 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. It's not a thing, and it's not right now. It's not, oh, in five years, I got prayed for right now, but in five years or two months, then I'll receive the healing. No, you believe that you were healed right then, so do something about it. So if you can't walk, start walking. If you can't see, well, see. 
Um, if you can't, if you can't hear, so if you can't move your arm, if you can't do a bodily function, if there's something that is physically that you're able to do, start doing that. And if it doesn't happen instantly, continue to work it. If you can't, maybe you can't, maybe you couldn't lift it above like right here. We're gonna move over here. But then now you can lift it here. And it's not above your shoulder, it's not fully rotating, but his healing power is working and just keep on saying it and sooner it's gonna be here and soon you're gonna have full rotation of your arm and it's gonna be better than it was before. Like what we just read in Acts, that guy, he was crippled and he, he hadn't walked ever in his life. And later it says the age, I think it's something like 40 years old. So he hasn't walked ever in his life. Now imagine that you have, if you have like a broken leg or something and it's in the cast for a while, you have to like work it up and like get its strength again. Now imagine this guy who has never walked in his life, life how weak his bones are, how like just feeble his whole legs are. And he jumps up, doesn't, he, he gets pulled up and starts jumping and running. So number one, how does he know how to run? How does he know how to walk? When you ride a bike, do you just get on it and jump on it? And, or if your kid does, no, you put training wheels on and you kind of keep them along and help them, or a baby crawling, a baby crawls, then he walks. And he doesn't just start sprinting out of the womb. That'd be scary. So he went and he was jumped up, leaped up, praised, and, and was just running around. I forgot what I was saying before that. So, um, yeah, thank you. So, so then, so we, we went and we talked about, the, we talked to this lady and I said, okay, I pulled her up and I said, let's walk together. So there's this tree in front of her house and we walked around the house, and and we walked around the tree. I mean, and um, it wasn't it wasn't there immediately. And I was like, okay, is there anything else we can help you with? And she said, my eye hurts. There's a watering problem, and if you when you blink, your eye waters it. So that's why you blink, because if you keep your eyes open, and they get dry. So when you blink, it waters. So every single time she blinked, she was in pain. Imagine that every single time you blink, you were just in excruciating pain. Well, that was her. We prayed, gone immediately. Then she was like, all right, I'm going to start walking. So she's like, I'm, now I'm going to walk. So I was like, okay, let's go. So we started walking, and she started dancing. And then she's like, well, there is this guy around the corner. He needs healing. And I didn't know what it was. And we, I went around the corner, and I said, what is wrong? He said, he can't walk. And on the inside, I've never had this before, I never have had it after. It was almost an audible voice. It's not an audible voice, I didn't hear some boomy voice, but it was almost an audible voice. And it said, pick up his hand and say in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk and pull him. And I was like, I just, per I just preached about that the day before, this is crazy, this is weird. Um, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I, I didn't have time to sit there and argue with God, I just had, okay, cool, I'm gonna do it. And I picked up his hand and I, I, and I lifted him up and I said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And this guy had a stroke and he had not walked since I don't know how long. And he, we went around and we started walking and we found out later that the lady was actually divorced to him and she was in the back dancing. And where, so you can play the video. Oh, wait a second. So yes, yes, come on. to preface this video, I say, get the kids away. Um, I loved children. I don't hate children. What was happening? is that when this happened, they know that this guy couldn't walk, it's like Acts 3, but they were coming over and he was embarrassed about it. So the video, you can't see him walk a ton. I mean, he's walking. At the beginning, he's just kind of standing. But we were walking up and down the place, and I mean, he wasn't walking completely by himself, but he's also more mature. And um, so he, he's, I mean, he's not gonna be like me, jumping up and then running around doing Laps. So, but it was an am amazing. So we just had to get the kids away because they it was embarrassing him. And after I say, knock the kids out. Um, no, that's not bad. Move the kids. Um, he started walking a lot more. So now you can roll the tape. Yes. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come on. Keep on walking. Let's go. Let's walk together. Let's walk together. Come on. Yes. Uh -huh. Let's walk together. Yes. 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 And that lady in the back is the lady who got healed earlier. I like children. Okay. 
All right. So I almost forgot about that. I'm reminding myself in the future. So we had gotten him to say, I believe, so we got him to say, yeah, in their own language, because we had a translator with us, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, I think. Something around, along that lines. I could go and look, but that'll take time. So something along that lines, we got him to start saying that. And every single time he said that, he started walking more. Because it doesn't, it's not enough, and we, when you get healed three weeks later, you could get it instantly healed and the devil can try to steal it from you. You know, he's going to try. He's going to come back. And if you had cancer, and then he's going to be like, well, that cancer's going to come back. And you're like, but in some people, they don't know what to do. They haven't been taught. So they're like, I guess I didn't get healed. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to think. That's exactly what the devil wants you to hear. Oh, well, I, I just didn't get healed. I guess it didn't work. And guess what? Now it'll come back. But if you say no, I was healed then. Jesus healed me, First Peter 2.24, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. And you stand on that then it doesn't matter what the devil comes to your head. You say, devil, shut up. I'm not going to yield to that. I am healed. You're going to talk to him. You don't have to be nice to him. He's mean. So you don't have to be nice to him. You have to be nice to human beings, but he's a jerk. So you don't have, So we got him to say that, and we just keep on saying that. And that was, we had gone toward the end of their house, to the back, to the end of the house again, and that was going back to the house. And eventually, the, the, his ex-wife actually just picked him up and took him into the house because they were so embarrassed of the children. They, we didn't get them to really leave. They came back because there was a lot of them. There was like 20 kids and just appeared out of nowhere. Um, so after that, we went out. And, and, that, and after that, it wasn't like, man, so I, someone may get healed today. It's not if someone's going to get healed, it's when someone's get healed. It's like every, every single person I saw, I'm like, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed. And if they believed it, it didn't matter what it was. I just saw a guy who had a stroke and couldn't walk, stand up and start walking, and another lady dancing in the background whose legs are crooked and just should not physically be able to walk. Um, and we went up, and there was a lady. She, she went to the hospital, actually. And they said she had uh, low blood levels and a bunch of other things. So she was actually dizzy at that time. And we prayed and it was gone immediately. And the crazy thing about it all was that they were all related. That lady that had the low blood levels was the daughter of the guy who just got healed and the lady that just was, um, that was also healed. And God had something to do with that family that day, and we were just the vessels to do it. He sent us from all the way across the world to go touch that family who were churchgoers, who did believe the Bible, but couldn't because the devil took away something from them. And they just did not have the knowledge to take it back. And he sent us to go and deliver the message that you can be healed, you can walk. And they, she, the lady said, I'm going to church next week. And then, the, that, and then they actually started talking again afterwards, I believe. So... And it was amazing. So then afterwards, we went um, uh, we went to lunch um, at the lady who, Dawn is her name, who had the uh, program for the abused woman. We went to lunch and just as a quick break. And we went back to the compound to have a children's crusade, but also just a children's meeting. And she had a little bow speaker, so I helped set it up. And I requested a bucket and two wooden spoons because I wanted to play the drums. So I got that request and um, added some beats. So we, uh, so she, we had two microphones and we went out there and um, you can throw the picture up, I think. Yeah. So all of those kids were there. There's some behind, and that is that is them asking if you want to be saved. Actually, so all those, every single kid there got saved. I broke two buckets. It was amazing. Um, she was, yeah, I felt bad, but also didn't. So it was fun. Um, and all those kids got saved and filled. And if they needed healing, they got healed. And we had this little activity. The guy who did the message, you can kind of see the corner of him. Uh, he was absolutely amazing. And, um, well, he, um, he, 
uh, he had this like activity where they had the kids uh, like go, we went like this, and they just like walked underneath us and to say that like, they got saved, that was our way of getting them to um, a fun way to do it. And someone decided to bring a microphone out and then the kids, they, our line was full after that because they just wanted to use a microphone. They hadn't seen one. So they went over and screamed into the mic, Jesus. So it was really cool in that sense. But then they went like five kids over, cut the line, was pushing and shoving. So we had to shut that down. But it was really funny and it was, it was cute. So afterwards, we got to we gotta play with them. Um, someone brought a soccer ball. I needed water. So I went and got water because it was hot again. And all of us did not wear sunscreen that day. And all of us got a really hefty sunburn after that for like the rest of the week. This is Monday. We have another week left. So all of our skin was peeling and stuff. It was, it was fun because we just wear sunscreen. Um, so um, after that, we went back. And um, yeah, that was the end of that day, I think. Yeah, we went back and because um, we were all exhausted. So we just kind of hung out in our, in our rooms. Um, so a lot of us, well, half of us had data, but it was really slow, and the Wi-Fi just didn't really work. So everyone was just kind of reading. We needed to prepare for, the, like, the next day, and, and it was really cute. All the kids chased us out of the, uh, the compound, and it, it was funny, but we, we event, the driver eventually had to tell them to, like, actually, like, leave because we didn't want them to get hurt. They were getting a little too close to the bus, and then there was other cars. And that guy could drive like crazy because there's like pot, like it's a dirt road. And when it rains, so dirt of roads and stuff. And that guy, he was a masterful driver. Like it's like driving through one lane of downtown Boston, except two cars have to go through it. It was insane. So the next day we um, went to the bush, as I said earlier, I forgot to open this. Just kind of like in case I blank on everything. Um, yeah, so the next day we went to an orphanage. Um, it was a ministry, and uh, then we went to what's called the bush, and it was like two hours away, and it's just literally the middle of nowhere, just a tribe that came together, and it, it was really cool, and I have a picture of that, right? Yeah, you can throw up the next one. So all those people there, there was hundreds of people, and that doesn't show all of them, they actually split up a lot of the people, which is interesting. So all the orphans that we had just actually met were over there, uh, over to the side, and everyone else was just right in front. And only one person could preach, so we picked um, his name, Zach. So everyone, but we all think that is us doing music. That's either us doing music or us introducing ourselves. But we all did music, um, just sang some songs, got them into it, just easy songs with some motions and stuff. And it, and it was really amazing. Um, and he he preached, and about half of them got saved. Um, half of them only needed to be saved. The other half were already saved. And um, the other, and then everyone else was filled with the Holy Spirit. And there was way too many people to have a healing line. But you don't need hands laid on you to be healed. That's it. It is an amazing way that God uses to deliver healing. But you can go from your bedroom and be prayed and pray for yourself. That's the best way. But hands laid is right there for you if that's where you're at and to hook up with someone else. But we had them just touch themselves and just kind of lay hands on themselves because there was way too many people, like over 150 probably people that needed healing. And it, it would have just taken the whole time. It would have actually been dangerous for us. So we went and... Uh, prayed and a lot of them were instantly healed and it was it was absolutely amazing and we the reason why we were out there also is to give clothes and so we we had huge bags of clothes and we just gave them to everyone and it and it was it was really cool um but it really showed me I mean I've been in church my whole life like I'm I'm a pastor's kid so I know what a pastor is but it gave me a different understanding of the need for a pastor. You know, um, it's the missionaries, they go out, or the evangelists. You know, you get, like, Billy Graham. He fills up the stadium and stuff. And, like, that's cool. And um, so you go to church, and, and, and sometimes it seems like 
like that's really cool. But and like, oh, we're we're at church. But what happens is Billy Graham he fills up all those stadiums, but then those people go back home and they don't have a church to go to. That's the one message that they get until some another Billy Graham or or Billy Graham himself comes out and they hit cure it again. These people, um, a group went out last year and they preached to them and that was amazing. Well, guess what? A year later was their next message. And it won't be until another year probably where it's their next message. And they're working on um, building a church, but they don't even have a Bible in their own language because they're the only, I think, they're pretty much the only tribe that speaks that language or very few tribes speak that language. So we, when we go out there, that's the only time that they get preached to. So having, it just showed me that having a pastor there is not, it is so important because it get, allows people to get the word every single Sunday and every single Wednesday. And that's why it's so important to go to church because you get the word every single Sunday and every single Wednesday and that's your food. And that's, that's what fuels you on top of reading your Bible every single day at home. Even if, if, even if it's for five minutes, it's actually scientifically proven that reading your Bible, they did it. I saw this on Instagram. Instagram's helpful. So um, I, the first day, they did a, they did a, a study in, of people reading their Bible. They only did it to four days because four through seven was kind of similar. First day, you saw one day out of the week reading their Bible. They saw minimal change. Second day, they saw a lot more. Third day, it was even more. Fourth day, it was off the charts of reading your Bible every single day, the impact it had on people's lives, it was insane. And it made them happier. It just it, it improved every single area of their life. And if you don't know what to do to, to read your Bible, you're like, I don't know where to start. Number one, we have a summer reading challenge or just a youth reading challenge. That's a great way. If you don't know where to start, the New Testament's a great place to start. Don't go to Leviticus. You won't understand it, and it's really, it's just a little dry. Uh, eventually read it, but go for the good stuff. Um, I mean, David kills some giants, so that's pretty cool. Um, but the New Testament is where it's at. The epistles, that's where God is speaking to you. So if you don't know, like, how to start that, just the first step is just giving. If you read the Bible and it's just super dry, that's probably because, I mean, you might just be reading it just to get it done. I mean, you should read it no matter what, but it's just, you're just getting it done. But if you go and you give God everything and you say, God, I, you are first place in my life, because that's the first step. You have to make God first place in your life. If he's not first place in your life, he's hard to work through. Because if Instagram is the first place in your life, well, then Instagram comes before that. So maybe you don't read the Bible because TikTok or Instagram ah, oh, it was really good that day, and you just wanted to keep on scrolling. But if you go and read your Bible before TikTok and Instagram, then you don't feel guilty for, reading, for watching it. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you put that first place in your life and say, God, speak to me right now. Show me things. Like, show me your word. That speak to me through your word. I want to know you. I am telling you from personal experience, it just becomes alive to you. And you're like, that says that? And sometimes you'll just stick there. You don't, don't go for, I have to read 10 chapters today. Because sometimes God's message is not in the 10th chapter. It's in the second verse that you read. And you sometimes, I've stayed there, and I've stayed there for multiple days on just three verses. And I just keep continuing going and going and going and going. This whole book is not girly. This whole book, book is full of my notes and stuff. It was mainly my Zambia thing. But I, I made it and kept on writing in it. And I'm telling you, things just come alive to you. And that is how you, you that's how your life changes. Yes. But also going to church. So if it's Sunday, Wednesday, whenever you whenever it is available, I would encourage you to be there because God has a specific message for you. And yes, reading your Bible is important, but also going to church is great because you have people there for you. I've met amazing people here. Um, and amazing people in Oklahoma, and that is your family, and that's when you can really just, like, just be encouraged if you're going through something. Man, I mean, we've had people, I mean, they go through something, and everyone is, like, sending them cards and stuff. I mean, that it's a, it's a family, and if you don't think it's a family, start talking to people. That's the first step. If you sit in the corner, that is amazing you're getting the message, but that you're missing half of it. Half of it is talking to people afterwards, and it is it is really good. 
So that's, that's what that showed me, is just how important having a church is and being hooked up with that is. It, and it was, it was actually kind of sad. We were all kind of, we were really happy that they, half the people got saved, but we were also kind of sad because they were like, man, that's the last time they're going to hear for maybe a year or whenever that church finishes. And they were about halfway done. But it, it, it was really good. And the rest of that day, um, we played Uno for like two hours. And the only right way of Uno is spicy Uno. If you want to know what that is, talk to me afterwards, and I will be happy to explain to you the one and only way to play Uno. And it was really fun. We played. It was. It was amazing. Um, it was a super nice night. And then another thing that was really impactful to me was we had Bible studies, and um, Mr. Dubois came up, and he he would be um, in his room for a little bit studying. You know, I mean, he has a wife, so he has to go talk to her as well. Um, <laughs> important. <laughs> If you go on a missions trip, don't neglect the people back home, um, specifically your wife uh, or your husband. That's, that's good. But um, he would go up to us at night, and he's been through a lot. He has seen a lot. Like we said, he went to tons of countries. And, um, and he, I mean, he's seen things even when he was in uh, getting saved in, uh, bef in beforehand. And he just poured into us, and we just asked questions and asked questions. And initially turned into a Bible study where we were all reading the Bible, and then it turned into a Q&A with Pastor Kirk. So um, it, w it was just amazing, and it definitely helped all of us and changed my life in, in just seeing different things and, and just um, like questions that we've had for a long time that we, we do go to Bible school, but you don't have a one-on-one -on -one with the teacher. You can go up and ask them questions, but they also have to go to an, another class, and you have to go to another class in 10 minutes, and other people need to ask them questions. So you can't really just have a 30-minute conversation about why this scripture says this. And there was things that, there was like one question I asked, and, and, and he, uh, he like said it, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. That, that makes a lot of sense. And, and it was just so impactful. We had done that a couple times, so it was amazing. And so then the next day, Again, we're waking up at like 5, 5.30. Some people are up since like 3 a.m. because we're all jet lagged. And it was like eight hours, eight hours ahead. And there was also daylight savings, so it made it more or less. I don't remember which one it was. So, But uh, we went to school, and uh, this place was, when this lady told us her testimony, almost everyone was in tears because it was really powerful. It's a... Uh, 80-plus-year-old lady, I think she was 81, and her ministry did not start until she was retired. So she was the first um, black school teacher, headmaster in Zambia. I mean, it was, it was just amazing, and I was like, that's crazy. Uh, and she was just, she changed their school system. Um, Lusaka, she, was, she grew up in Lusaka. Um, and she just changed just like the whole, I mean, she impacted the whole, uh, the whole country. And it was amazing. And um, she was, uh, was able to go and um, retire. And then her husband died. And in Zambia, widows are kind of looked down upon. And if they find out that you're a widow, they go and steal everything you have. So she was paradise, her dream house. And there were seven times that people broke in and stole literally every single thing that they had. And the only thing that they had was the clothes on their back. And someone, they were afraid that they were going to actually die at times. And it was amazing. And she went to the compound. And she felt like God wanted her to start a school, a public school for kids in the compound, which is uh, where we were earlier. But it was a different one. It was a very poor area. And she wanted to start a school. And she's like 60-something when she started this. And she is still going. They're actually expanding and adding a gym right now. She's 81, 82. And she didn't start until she was retired. So you're never retired. If you're, if you're following God, he's not going to retire. He's just going to give you more things to do that, that may suit where you're at in that walk of life. You might not be able to do what a 20-year-old can do, but he's got something for you to do. Um, and it was... It was amazing, and uh, it, they're all they're all Christian and stuff. So we went in, and we had the biggest welcome in the world. We all felt like kings. There was a stairwell, and we were walking down it, and it, like one of 
we had to introduce ourselves. And we're like, hi, my name is Andrew or Mwang. And then they're all like screaming and erupting. You're like, wow, this is really cool. You feel important. Um, and it was, it, was really, it was really amazing. And then we went and broke out and uh, talked to all these people. And um, I went to the high schoolers. And I eventually, uh, there was eighth and ninth graders, yeah, that got uh, put to it. Uh, who got also added up, and we were in the the gym that they were renovating, and it was it was amazing. Uh, we preached to them, and I talked to them about the Holy Spirit and stuff, and all of them got saved. If they weren't, it was a Christian school, but still, uh, all of them got saved. If they if they weren't, and they got healed, and it was just so powerful. Girls, I mean, there were some people that were. They were crying because stuff was just broken. Chains were broken from their life. There were, I mean, I said things and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I just said that," and um, because it was, it was kind of, it wasn't, it's just not something I would say. There was a lady and I, there was a little girl, uh, and I was talking to her. Little, she's ninth grade, and I, and I, randomly it came out that God didn't kill your mom. God didn't kill your dad. The devil is there to steal, kill, and destroy. And I was, I was like, "Why did I just say that? That's." That's intimidating, and she and she looked shook, and it was she started crying because her parents had died, and she was an orphan, and it was just it was just impactful, and it was it was powerful. Everyone who needed healing, some of them went for a lot of them went for healing for their uh, for their family, and that was that was really uh, kind of hard to listen to. Just listening to like yeah, my my mom she can't walk, like my mom can't move, she's really sick. And we would tell them, we, we laid hands on them and told them to lay hands on their parents and just believe it. And, uh, and we haven't, we, we didn't get in contact to be able to hear about anything, but every single kid who needed something was healed instantly. And it, and it was just, it, it was amazing. Oh, there's a, <laughs> there's a picture. I forgot about that. So that's me talking to them about the Holy Spirit. And that's their new gym. As you can see, it's not finished. That was actually like the most finished room. And it, it, it was really cool. Um, they were all there. Um, all right, next slide. Uh, maybe don't do the next slide. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. So that's that's caterpillars. Um, that was weird. Um, so that day was a little interesting day because we had like Zambian food from the school, and that was stretching. Um, and then so the the place that we were at, they had like. All sorts of food. They had American food. They had, and it was so cheap. I had a, I had a full T-bone steak for seven fifty, and American like American dollars. It was amazing. It was just you're living as kings out there. So, we uh, then they decided to do traditional Zambian food on Wednesday night, and that was awesome. But they had caterpillars, and we got peer pressured into eating them by Kirk Dubois, and it was mean. And he was like, well, and he was eating them up. And there was another guy. They said it tasted like pork chops, and he had, went back for three servings, and I was a little scared of him afterwards. So I went through, and I ate it, and that was probably the most stretching thing I've had to do. It's like getting it in your, oh, it's like, you could see the eyes and everything. You just felt bad. It's like, why am I doing this? And we, we tried to, and then once I did it, I was like, well, now every other person has to do this because I just got peer pressure into eating it. So then I peer pressured everyone into eating it. And um, there was one girl, we have a video of her, she was suffering, and I felt really bad. And then so she was able to eat it, and there was only one person, and there's a side of her, and I will call her out, and she did, she's the only one who did not eat it. And um, we had to go back to Rayma, and we uh, definitely made, let everyone know that she did not eat the caterpillar. She was the only one who did not. But it, 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 it was good food. It was, it was really good. Um, just the caterpillar completely threw me out. Um, so then the next day, we got to go to a safari. It was our day off. We definitely needed it. And this was incredible. You see pictures of, uh, like, giraffes and lions. Lions are really scary. Just, like, when they're, like, growling at you. And they're, like, so we, we went and we saw lions. They weren't out because they were doing something to their cave, like to their habernat, whatever, their place where they stay. And um, 
you know, you have a metal grate that is holding them in their cage and then like two or three more fences. But when they roar, you just still take a step back and you're like, it pushed someone in front of you because <laughs> you're not, you're not going to be eating. I mean, they're scary. And those were the babies. Um, <laughs> it was, in, it was insane. So, um, but we, we went, we went through a, uh, we, we drove in the Jeep and we got to see giraffes. We got to see elephants and a bunch of other animals. We didn't see everything. And then we had lunch and ate the food that ate the animals that we just saw, which was really, <laughs> which was also really weird. We, we, I asked them to not tell me what I was eating until afterwards. Cause then I just had the image in my head of like the sweet animals. Anyway, so we, um, then we got to go on a boat. Yeah, the boat ride was nice. We got to go on a boat ride and it was supposed to pour rain. And we all were like, you know what? Let's, let's believe that the, it's not going to rain, um, but two of them still wanted it to rain. So it didn't rain until we went to the boats, and we were, we were making fun of them, like, see, because of your unbelief, it still rained on us. And, <laughs> but it was, it was at the best part because, I mean, we were on water. It was on a lake, they man and we got to see, like, giraffes. Um, over there, we weren't allowed to put our hands in the water because they didn't want them to get eaten. And it was that part kind of creeped me out a little bit. And uh, you're not allowed to rock the boat, so of course some guys rock the boat. And you're like, dude, I like my life. Um, I want to make it back. Um, it was it was a little scary, but it was it was really cool. Um, and then afterwards, we got well. There's two sections that you could do. You got you could either go see the elephant up close. I'm like, I already saw the elephant. Or you could go walk a cheetah. So that's what I did. You can throw that picture up. I walked a cheetah. And um, you can't see me actually walking the cheetah because I did not have any good pictures. My face was all weird, so I didn't put, throw that one up there. So we got to walk them. And I mean, they're, st they're older, so they're a lot more tame, but they're still wild. And the one, the lady, the girl before me who was walking it, he was acting up. So they had to like calm him down and literally take the cheetah from us to calm him down. And then they handed the leash to me and said, now, now it's your turn. I'm like, I don't want to do that. He's, he's mad, um, but it, I didn't get eaten, um, obviously. So we, we all got to take pictures with the cheetahs, and then um, we all went back and, and drove back, and then our spare tire fell off. So that was really fun because <laughs> the roads were really bumpy. I was like, that's going to happen at some point. The amount of times we just hit the ground really hard. Um, and then the next day, we, so that was our rest day, and we got to just kind of chill out. We played Uno again because that's, that was required. And um, so we did more street ministry this day. So there was also a, um, there was a, what's it called, a meeting, essentially. And Pastor Kurt, Reverend Kurt, I call him different names every single time I say his name. But he went and uh, he, he was in this meeting. And also Reverend Tokes, who is an amazing man. If you ever get to listen to him, we got to hear him do a healing service afterwards, uh, after, on Sunday night in the guy has a photographic memory, and he was read off 30 scriptures word for word, and just off the, his memory, just like, and this says this, and this says this, and this says this, and we were all just sitting there like, how, how do we be like him? And Pastor Kirk was like, you can't. He has a photographic memory, and none of you guys do. So, um, but it, it was really powerful. So he, they were out there for Friday and Saturday. So we had a babysitter. He named the babysitter uh, one of the guys in our group. We call him the dad. And um, so we went out and we did street ministry. And uh, I went out. You can show that picture. She's the one who didn't eat the caterpillar. So <laughs> she didn't eat the caterpillar. But we went out. Um, and that was our translator. And uh, the the thing that was kind of like the coolest out of that was we went up to a couple kids. Uh, they were saved. And then we went up to two more people. They were just doing work. And um, we talked to them. And the thing is that you have to, when you're talking to these people, you have to make it so, like, double check that they're actually saved because they'll think that. But Romans 10, 9, and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you're saved, then you will be saved. But some of these people, like, they'll get baptized, and they'll think, oh, yeah, I'm saved. So we wanted to make sure they believed, but we wanted to make sure that they knew what they're talking about, or sometimes they'll just say to get us off their back. So we wanted to make sure that they were saved, and we did. 
and we we got uh, we got them saved, and we were walking over and talking to more people, and then we hear this guy yelling, and every, and then the people and then the the pe two people that we were talking to, and our translator started laughing. He was yelling, and we didn't understand him. We're like, what what is he saying? And he was yelling, saying. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And having people touch his hands, just running up and down the street and just having people touch his hands. And it was, it was just, it was crazy. It was, it was so impactful. And so we went up and we talked to a few more people and got them saved and spent a lot of time. Um, we had to talk to a Jehovah's Witness. And that was really interesting. Um, so then we went back and that was, I think that was pretty much it. Um, Oh no! Then we got a we got a tour. Rainbow Zambia. They gave us an actual tour, so that was pretty cool. So then this day was the last day of ministry outside of Rainbow Zambia, and we went to another school. And you can show that picture. We had we had to do work before, so that was me. I so this baby did not go. She wanted to stick with this one girl, Kalpana, um, and I. She did not go to me, and it was really hurtful. So uh, it was it was rude. So eventually I took her out from her because she needed to go and do something else. So I was able to hold the baby. And then she didn't want to leave me. So uh, I was able to hold her for a little bit. But we were all exhausted um, that day. And we went and we sang songs and stuff. I actually led the worship for that, which was stretching, um, singing in front of people. I can play the drums. I don't like singing in front of people. So that whole time I had to sing, like, in the morning services, I was, I led a, I led a decent amount of songs, and that was also stretching. But um, it, it was it was really amazing. So we got and talked to all these kids, and um, they had a kid section, and then they had an adult section, and we, we went, talked to all the kids, and then uh, we went to the youth, and they had 29 people, we had got 29 People saved. That was all the youth, and it was it was just amazing. Um, people were healed. There was a guy who had we're just gonna say a lot wrong with him. I mean, he I don't even, I don't really know what it was, but there was just a lot, and he couldn't walk straight. He had um, some mental disabilities, and it was just there was and people were saying there's just a lot, and they said when he was walking out, he was he wasn't completely healed, but he was miles better than he was before, and so that was amazing. And um, then we uh, we had a we had to have a sermon for the uh, younger people for the older people I mean like the adults and all of us fell asleep during it and we kind of felt bad because we were not supporting we were not supporting Zach but because uh, we were just exhausted and um, that was the time where God fell the most and His presence was the most present and it was just kind of like to show that. You know what? You guys have been doing these amazing things, but don't forget that I'm the one doing it. You guys aren't doing anything. Um, you're just being my vessels. And the Holy Spirit just fell. I mean, there was a bunch of people saved, and then they had uh, praying for the Holy Ghost, and it just dropped in the room. And and it was it was really an amazing time. Um, so then that was the end of that day, and we went out. We went back to Rama Zambia and helped out a little bit. Then the last day we went, it was a Sunday, so we went over to um, to the, the church, and we were able to uh, listen to the first service again, and then we went and um, we all had to go to children's services. And I was with a six- and seven-year-old, and they said, why don't you guys do the, the, um, the service, like the sermon for it? And they had a whole template. And I had to talk about Moses. But specifically, when he was a baby, I was like, I have not read that for a very long time. So I had to go reread that real quick. And like two minutes before we were going up, they said, yeah, actually, you also have to use puppets. I'm like, what do you mean? Um, like, you have to use puppets, and you have to say this script. And I was like, and, and I still don't know what they wanted us to do. I, I still have no idea what they wanted us to do. But we went up there, and we just tried to do kind of more what they wanted to do. Uh, and the guy said it was really good, um, so that's good. Um, but <laughs> I, we went out and we're like, did that even make sense? Um, the, the director said it was really good. And we just got to play with the kids. They were playing a hula hoop game. They had all of us go out and throw them. And that, that was fun. I hyped up the crowd um, of kids. So, And after we had a, a, a 
a young adults meeting. I didn't speak, so three of our um, team members spoke. And that was, that was it for the day and, and the trip. And we went and had lunch with the people who were over Rima Zambia, um, which was amazing. We all kind of said something, and he talked to us. And then the next day, we, we flew back. And, and it, was, it, was really, it was really cool to fly back. I fell asleep in the Atlanta airport. I was out on the floor because um, I was just exhausted. We had two 10-hour flights. We went Johannesburg to Amsterdam to Atlanta and then to, to, uh, to Tulsa. So we were traveling for like 42 hours. Um, so I was, I was out. Um, but yeah, we went back and I slept. In the, well, I tried not to sleep because we were our whole schedule was... Uh, jacked up, and we had finals for Rama, actually. So that w that was fun, um, but it was it was really amazing. And thank you again to every single person who gave for it because that trip just completely changed how my whole life operated. I, I was able to walk with another level of boldness and, and, and confidence um, overall, and, and it was just it, it was amazing. People um, had said. I didn't notice anything, but people are like, we really saw your leadership in, every, in, in different places, and you really stepped on in that. Like my, my my, pretty much my whole friend group actually was able to go on the trip. We all kind of told each other one day, we're like, oh, I'm going to Zambia. They're like, oh, me too. So what? we didn't plan it, but everyone but one uh, went, and they were all like, we saw a different side of you when you went out there. And uh, so it was, it was really amazing. Um, so thank you again to every single person who, who had uh, who gave to it. It was it was really impactful and and um, and yeah, it, it definitely changed my life forever, and I'll definitely remember that for the rest of my life. So.